Welcome to another episode of Texas Hockey Talk. This is your host, Bubbles, founder of Dallas Hockey Fans, along with a sidekick, Bunzi, our in-house hockey star. And again, our special guest this week, Brando, another admin on the Dallas Hockey Fans team. We're here to take a look at the upcoming NHL draft and all the rumors circulating around our favorite team, the Dallas Stars. To start us off here, Bunzi's got a whole rundown on some recent Stars draft history uh, from the past couple of years. So Bunzi, go ahead and take it away. Oh, you just want me to drop straight into the past five years like a time machine? Okay, I'll do it if you need me to. Let's just kind of go through some grading of the past five years. And this is a time where we talk about Jim Nilla. You know, he would prefer us to focus on uh, the team, the roster, and that. But Jim Nilla plays a big part in kind of orchestrating this whole symphony that the Stars are trying to play out. Let's start in 2017, and this is by far, by far, the most important Dallas Stars draft to date um, as far as shaping the future for the organization. We got Miro Heiskin at the third pick, and that's where we kind of were like, wow, we got a great first-round pick. But little did we know we were going to be getting our starting goalie and our star offensive player and a – future prospect or in a prospect that looks like he could be pretty good in Jacob Peterson. The 2017 draft was an A plus draft by Jim Nill. Not only because Miro was probably one of the easier picks out of those decisions, you know, it's hard to know that we could have picked Cal McCarr. Let's just talk about that real quick. We should, you know, go over the 2017 draft. It's a big makeup of our team right now. We kind of discussed a scenario where, yeah, we could have gra- drafted Kale, Kale McCarr um, instead of Miro Heiskanen, and looking at it, it would have probably changed the course of our history in a different way and uh, having him on our team. But I think Miro, with the right coaching staff, has every skill and asset um, and tool in his bag to be a player like uh Cal McCarr, what do you guys think? Uh, <clears throat> I think Miro has a higher ceiling, that's for sure, um, and he needs to be unlocked. Um, I think he's he's got still that Norris Trophy ceiling for a defenseman. Not sure that he's going to get all the way up to you know Cal McCarr level because McCarr's just all world. Yeah, he is. He's out of this league that's by far and it's a it's a consensus amongst the players in the nhl and everybody who plays with him he might be one of the best defensemen ever and he's only 24 is he that he may be i mean he he's (sighs) up there (laughs) every everything about him (laughs) yep size speed shot um and he's actually pretty decent on defense too from what i hear well he took a colorado avalanche team that was struggling up until that point he got drafted uh getting over the hump and he helped him get over the hump in a big way, not only winning the con smite during this playoff performance, but the way he drives the play. He's just like uh, Scott Niedermeyer or a real Nicholas Lidstrom. The way he makes the first pass out of the zone yeah. is unlike anything we've seen since Bobby Orr. But he skates better. He's, he he's skates better. He, turn, he turns uh, on a dime and gives you change. You I know, mean, he's, he's, he's insane. Is he a better skater than Miro? You guys think? I, two different I, styles. Um, yeah, what, I'd almost say yes, though. <clears throat> what Miro is doing is really—he's a smooth skater. What Cal McCarr can do is violent, violent. He can dig into the ice and stop at a dime, and he can do what running backs can do on a football field but on the ice and he's, he's set creating separation as a defenseman from the point that allows him not only to make crazy plays and go in and do crazy offense, but find somebody back door and have them bury it. He's setting up offense incredibly easy for himself, which is a treat to watch. And I think Miro can do that, especially if you get certain offensive players firing. Kel McCarr's got Nathan McKinnon and a bunch of other great players to set up. And I think Miro was doing a lot of the defensive heavy lifting last year, and that can only can uh, leave him with so much energy to take care of the he's, ozone. He's being told to, though, right? Like, he's being told to be more defensive. He's, yep. he's got a shorter leash offensively. Now I think he can kind of be a little bit more unlocked, right? Yeah. Um, 
And if you kind of look at it from just the 2017 draft as a whole, you look at it and you say, like on one hand, you know, Dallas, like you said, got all these fantastic players that are now going to be probably like three out of the four, obviously are huge parts of our future, right? With Peterson could be, he's shown flashes. Do you take those four? Do you take McCarr? Also, though, like when you when you kind of look at it that way, we could have still we could have taken McCarr and probably still gotten everybody else we wanted in that draft too, right? Um, it's it's a it, funny situation. We could have changed nothing about it and just drafted Kale McCarr. Um, but yeah, the scenario: would you take the bag of Miro, Otter, Robo, and Petey for just Kale McCarr at this current pace and seeing how good the Avalanche are because of him? Yes, I would do the deal. Um, well, theoretically, the only person you're really switching out would be like, it, and, and I just thought of this would be Miro. Like, if you take McCarr, Robo and Otter are probably still available in the spots that we picked him in that. Colorado draft, takes right? Miro. No, yeah. but like, would you give? Would you? Tr- okay, current current trade. This is like, would this trade even be allowed, or would it be possible? I see what you're saying. You're trading trading Miro, Otter, Robo, and Peterson for just Kale McCarr. Would it's, you do it? Like knowing like Robo, what what we're doing right now is being stars fans and we're being dumb. Like dumb about hockey and forgetting the fact that Robo has been one of the best offensive players in the NHL for the past couple seasons. Like as far as production. Yeah, I don't think anybody actually does that trade. It just doesn't make sense. You're blowing up one team to get one guy. And as this league has shown the past couple of years, playoffs are all about depth. Yep, and injuries, and you're destroying our depth by trading that. So okay. that doesn't you're, make sense. You're being a little too serious. I wasn't asking it for for it to make sense. <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah, it, I'll the, say yes just because that would be interesting. It'd be fun, right? The consensus is M- Miro is one of the top going to be in for the future. One of the top five defensemen. So I, I, I wouldn't wouldn't do it. Um, but that's hope that. Many- too many future parts are, are kind of leaving in that scenario, but it's an interesting scenario, right? Like it gets you thinking as a stars fan, right? Like, yep. What could it have been? Um, but still overall, like let's not, let's not lose sight of the fact that like the 2017 draft, like it's not just an A plus, it's an A plus plus plus. Like it's, it's one of the best drafts. That's I think so it's- weird that I have that written in my notes, a plus plus plus. Like that is really weird. Um, because I, I broke into your room the other day while you were sleeping, and I looked. <laughs> that's what that was. I heard a big sound. Yeah, well, that was... well, that's that makes sense. I did wake up. Miro has played 275 games in the NHL already, so we're, we're getting our money's worth having him. And Otter just broke into the league this past season. He's like, I'm here to stay. And Robo, I mean, he's got .97 points per game, just shy of one. One, almost one point per game in today's game that's that's fantastic i mean in in like and I, the scoring era that we live in well we're just gotta can't forget the coaching staff like i don't th- i don't think it really hindered the the paths and sons line like it did the other three lines but it still didn't allow them to set up as much offense as a more offensive-minded coach maybe like peter DeBoer would right mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, so, I mean, Bunzi, that, that draft really shows, right, just you can find talent anywhere. And it, it may be rarer in the later rounds, but the Stars can certainly do that. Um, and I'm sure you've got some notes from the other drafts, too, yeah. uh, that probably yeah. prove that point as well. Well, the main, the main takeaway, even looking at other Stanley Cup winning teams or just the Avalanche most recently, is drafting matters so much. Uh, building your team, finding your star players during those drafts, getting young guys who are going to be implemented in for low cost. Like we talked in the last podcast about um, the salary cap, how important it is to budget and have players that are playing for the league minimum on your roster that are contributing tremendously. And the Avalanche had that. And they had a bunch of good veteran guys get added to the roster to support the young guys that they drafted with the the guys who are their main players, they drafted McKinnon, Landeskog. So for us, it's our Jamie Benz, our Tyler Sagans, our Radic Foxes. That's going to be our core of offense. Now, how do we get five or six young guys and then two or three depth 
depth offensive forwards that are high scoring or they have a knack for something. Kind of have to fill our offense out based on the way our contracts are set up like that. I think Um, that's coming though. Like from the last two drafts, personally, I think 2018, 2019, very meh drafts for the stars. Not much to kind of talk about, but 2020, 2021, those were great drafts again for the stars. Well, I'll build up. So 2018, I give it a B minus because what I, I didn't have any player besides Ty Delandre to write about this. This is my main takeaway. He's played 27 games in the NHL. Watching him in the playoffs, I wanted to see a lot more of him um, than just 27 games. I think he has big potential to be good. He's gritty, hardworking player who needs to be kind of put in a position to succeed and maybe play with some um, play some more minutes than just fourth line minutes. I like Title Andrew. What do you guys think of him? I think of him as like a, a another or a future um, like checking center, right? Like a like a hardworking checking line center, third fourth liner guy. Kind of I like, like him as a Blake Coleman sort of type. I do. I see a little bit of Blake Coleman in him, but maybe I, I think maybe he's a little bit lower um, as far as scoring is concerned, but maybe higher as far as like checking is concerned or, or back checking or checking. But this uh-huh. is this is one of those things which absolutely fucking confuses me. Excuse the language, but when we draft somebody like Radic Fox in the first round, um, and then we draft a guy like Title Andrew, and you're trying to tell me we picked him 13th overall, and he's going to be a checking forward, and he's not going to score more than Blake Coleman. Jeez, like, he was what, 13th. Like, Jeez. what are we what are we doing here? Like, why are we drafting a guy that? What's the point? I don't need a checking forward getting drafted at the 13th, but. Wow, that can or be. Let's, my... let's let's not call him a. Uh, I'll call him a two-way forward. Maybe that's a little bit nicer of a. Uh, no, but it's. Put, but I think that's what he's always been. Like that's what he was. I, I honestly think that was kind of like the the draft profile on the guy when when he got drafted. But which um, hey, we 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 don't mind those. That's how you win, and he's yeah. only going to get bigger and stronger. And he has a taste after playing in the playoffs. I know we all liked uh, what we saw in Game uh, Seven. Sometimes you try to draft a guy that you hope will turn into a Bergeron and they really turn into a decent guy like Foxa, you know? No, a a 25, 35-point score with a good plus-minus who takes care of both zones is a player you want to repeat four to five times on your roster, on your offense, and you're going to win a Stanley Cup. You need need your top guys being your top guys. So, title Andrea, don't hate him. Don't 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 love him. Don't really know yet. Uh, but I love his playoff performance. 20, 20 plus minutes he played in game seven. He showed some flashes of greatness. So let's jump to twenty nineteen draft. Thomas Harley, the motorcycle. What do you boys think? I don't think he's good. Come on. Uh, I mean, maybe he needs more time to shine, but I just I, I think he was sloppy with the puck. Um made mistakes every time he kind of played at the NHL level. Um, and I, I just think he was brought up a little bit too early. Um, I, I, there's, there's no reason to, you know, write this guy off at all yet. Right. I just, I don't, I haven't seen complete flashes of brilliance. From the Here's guy. my thoughts on Thomas Harley is like, he was also the 18th pick by the way, which is what the stars have this year. Yeah. yeah. So, Bubbles, like, wasn't the main consensus on Thomas Harley is that he was a stud coming out of um, junior and uh, the developmental uh, stages, 18, 19 years old? He is the next John Klingberg, who Dallas is all but uh, confirmed to lose this summer. That is what Thomas Harley was drafted to be, and that's what he was hopefully expected to be. Um, a big but fast defenseman to move the puck around. Um, has he lived up to that yet? Nope. But again, boys, he's only 20 years old, so another three, four years, and he could still develop into a nice defenseman for us. Yeah, he hasn't completely filled out yet, I don't think. And to be honest, I it's kind of like when we got a small sample of uh, Robertson before he started going off, um, I wasn't really all in on him. Um, you kind of need these guys who are super talented coming out of the juniors to just get a taste of goal scoring or a taste of 
uh, offensive production or whatever it is their their specific skill set is uh, just to perform well at that once or twice, and then they'll start rolling. And that's a big part of this development that, um, yeah, like with uh, Thomas Harley, we, I'd, I'd rather see him play than um, Hanley or Sakara or uh, whatever name I can't think of that's play over him. I'd rather just get see- him more games, but stop playing a defensive style where he's always playing in a zone. Where's the offense? Let him feed the other half of the ice back in his own zone. Cause if you're third pair D you're not going to be playing with your first top line. You're going to be playing with your third and fourth checking line. A lot of the time. Well, he needs to be confident. He needs to fill out and we don't need, we, we need to focus back on offense, but like we just saw in the playoffs and uh, the way the avalanche just won, you need to be big and tough and have some guys on the back end like Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, who have been around the league for, 12 plus 15 years around that time, those guys have seen some stuff. We don't, we don't have any of that on uh, the back end. Uh, maybe Ryan Suter, but I don't. Uh, yeah, too I don't old. Re- no, like, I'm, we're not going to hear, we're not going to talk shit about Ryan Suter. Whatever. Let's not worry about him right now. <laughs> Bunzi, is there anybody else from that 2019 draft that sticks out to you? Though? I didn't write anyone down, so let's no. Let's have somebody no. surprise us. Um, <laughs> let's jump to the 2020 draft. This is where things start to get fun because we're going to go – let's just combine the 2020-2021 draft because these guys – is this is a kiddie pool. Um, I don't know. Let's just – maybe not even say the kiddie pool. That already sounds creepy. But it's the type of pool, type of pool I want to hang around because these guys seem like they know how to party. We got – Type of uh, uh, – of age – pool oh yeah just just a couple legal uh non-alcoholic vodka teen vodka apple teenies or something yeah i was thinking like a virgin bar or something where all the drinks are non-alcoholic oh yeah these guys only these guys drink body armor only because let's just get started 2020 i give the draft an a because we drafted maverick bork who's looking sick in juniors and Um, and the best name Ever, like Maverick, hands Maverick Bullock, fucking name for thoughts. Thoughts that um Mark Cuban was like, yo, there's a guy in the draft. You guys got the thirtieth, thirtieth pick. I'm just gonna throw you some money under the table if you just draft him and uh, put him on your roster at some point. We'll do so much marketing money with that name. There's so much you can do. If we get Maverick on the Pod Boys, we need to ask him if he enjoys Top Gun. Um, you know. His intro for... song will be Highway to the Danger Zone. Yes. Danger Zone. Danger. So we got him at the 30th pick, and this is where I start to see a trend. Uh, stars do kind of better where the, the pick, there's not as much pressure on the pick. Um, I feel like we, did, we mentioned great with Miro, but everything else in recent history has been kind of blah. Maverick Bork has 68 points in 31 QMJHL games. That's nasty. Oh, my. Out of all the players we're about to mention, he has the highest points per game in that sample size he was able to play. He's a great overall player. He's nonstop dominant in both ends of the the rink, and uh, he's got a sick name, so we're pumped about that. Antonio Strangis is the next guy in this 2020 draft that we got at the 123rd pick. My God. 84 points name. in 60 OHL games, and this kid can skate like an animal. He has the weirdest skating style I've ever seen, but it works, and he has some of the filthiest highlight goals I've ever seen. When I say filthy, I mean skating from coast to coast dicing through all five players and just undressing a goalie. And he's done it more than once. It's insane. So, so like speed skater doing it like Apollo Ono out there. We if you're con- listening to this podcast right now, go on YouTube, search Antonio Strangis' name, and, and you will be amazed. So what we didn't – like what we were talking about earlier with Kale McCarr – the kind of the skating stuff he can do that's bizarre. This is really similar. He makes both of his feet 
uh, parallel to the sides and he's able to kind of create some sort of speed and separation and he's just blowing past people. And I played against a guy who uh, ended up going to the, against, uh, going to the NHL uh, and got drafted. I think, I don't know if he made Toronto's roster. He may be playing for somebody else, but Jeremy Brocco. And this kid, um, the final score was six to five. Uh, they won. He had six points. And he was skating like that. And it's really frustrating because all you want to do is try and fight the guy. So, <laughs> the 10 and two skating style. Man, it's, I don't know what style was because I could never learn how to do that. But kids, this, kids got crazy goals. What I'll tell you is the, the skating style has gotten so much better. These kids are spending so much time with uh, professional skating coaches, not people who just are hockey coaches, but people who just specialize in this ability to get on your edges and skate and um, really – there's never a point in time where players like um, Antonio Strangis are never not facing the play with their head up, looking who they could pass it to or how they could shoot it. So they're super dangerous. I'm really pumped about that 2020 draft class, and I would love to see one of those guys, uh, you know, get a shot at making making the team this year. Those guys, those are the type of guys that we need. Work busting their ass playing NHL games for us with something to prove. All right, Bunzi. And finally, to the 2021 draft, some of the biggest names in junior hockey this past year. This is nuts. What, what I don't think um, Dallas Stars hockey fans are really able to kind of truly start to like feel or have – a great understanding of is maybe we need to break it down like football. Just imagine we have two five-star recruits that were the best football players in the country and everybody knows it and they're all over and they're about to get the biggest NIL deals and they're ballers and whatever. First, we got Wyatt Johnson, who we drafted 23rd overall. Little did we know he'd become the OHL's most outstanding player with 124 points in 68 OHL games. This kid is sick, 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 sick. Fluid skater. Great highlight reel. I mean, the OHL is one of those leagues where points can kind of get out of bounds, like where you start. I don't know. I just feel like there's always guys in the 120-plus point range in the OHL every year, but when it's one of your own prospects coming up in the system – got to start to say, hey, Jim Nill, we're looking back at these past few drafts and you're looking like you're not really that bad at it when we think about it. It's just a matter of uh, can we develop these guys to, to reach their potential while they're still on in our organization? And can we do it before they uh, burn out and uh, don't maximize their potential, right? But why Johnson, he has one more year of eligibility left to play juniors so the question is, does he make the roster? Is he good enough to make the roster? Is he big enough? But you've got to think an organization like the Maple Leafs or uh, the Lightning or the Avalanche are licking their chops at the ability to have a a 19-year-old getting paid, what, 900K um, to be an offensive threat every time they're on the ice? Coming in making an immediate impact in the chill. Right. I mean, it's that's exciting stuff. And Wyatt Johnson, I, I would say look for him to impress um, in camp and then look for him to have kind of like that unofficial eight game tryout in the NHL. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him sent back to the OHL for one more year after, you know, playing a few games in the NHL. But I mean, if he could make it difficult on guys like DeBoer and, and Jim Nill by playing outstandingly, then that's something I would love to see. I like Maverick Bork as a guy who comes up and uh, is, a, is a two-way player who does some penalty killing for us. And uh, I think he can make the roster. Um, but Wyatt Johnston, and he, may, he may be a little bit uh, – just based off pictures – Everything's different in person. Just seems a little small. Um, has some, some ability to fill out. 
small. I mean, I'm small. Bubbles is small. Brando. I'm five eight, dude. You can call me small. I prefer welterweight, not small. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You're not small. You got a big heart. Logan Stankovan's the next guy on this draft list uh, that we did in 2021 that made this an A plus. We're pumped. We're pumped with Wyatt Johnson. We're bragging about him, but little did we know with the 47th overall pick, we were going to get the WHL Player of the Year with 104 points in 59 WHL games. It's back-to-back MVPs, Bunzi. I mean, this is where you go to the casino in Vegas and you're getting back-back jackpots on the slots, and then you take all that money and you go play in the craps table, and then you win it there because I'm giving the money to Bubbles. He's the craps guy here. Pretty good. Pretty good guy. You should see me on a a craps table, boys. I will take Vegas for their money. Brando, you and I will be in Vegas the same weekend this year. That. Might we shall Vegas. be throwing some craps, my friend. We yes, shall be sir. throwing some dice. Yes, oh, sir. that will be danger. Bunzi will be there too. It's not going to be dangerous <laughs> if I win every time. Oh, danger for the casinos, baby. Yeah, going down. Yeah, the casinos are going to hold you guys in contempt. That's right. <laughs> Damn straight. They're not going to. They're going to think you're trying to rob the place, but. Yeah, kind of just closing out on this whole last five years of the draft. We've got to give Jim Nill an A on his past five years, and he's given us the opportunity, if this is his last year, um, to have a lot to look forward to in the future. You know, we discussed last podcast how much contracts and paying people plays into the ability to build the roster you want to win a cup. And we look at other rosters and the reasons they're successful and I'm looking forward to the future and I don't want to have to go to a rebuild mode and we're, our team's not set up to do that right now. And we got Robertson playing the way he does and Rope playing the way he does and Pavelski not slowing down. We can't end up in yeah, five, a 10 year rebuild like the, the Chicago Blackhawks because their salary cap destroyed by the massive contracts of Kane and Taves who at least won three and- cups together. And that um, defenseman they just traded for give like leverage your future and then game like nine million a year. Yeah, it's uh, oh, from geez. Arlington, Texas. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Why is it escaping me? Arlington, really? Yeah, he came from Columbus. They traded Columbus traded him. Uh, top top pairing D. Uh, high Seth Jones. Yeah, Seth Jones. Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but oh uh, yeah. yeah. Texas. I didn't know that. Well, he said Arlington. I had no idea who he was talking about. I'm sorry. No, yeah, Seth Jones. Um, I thought it was from Plano. From the DFW area. I'm pretty sure it's Arlington. I could be wrong. but uh, Hey, I, I knew he was going to play for the Blackhawks uh, way before that news broke. I saw him at the airport in Chicago with his girlfriend, and it was a weird time to be in Chicago. So That means done deal. That literally means oh, done Oh, yeah. Deal. I forgot about that. Bunsy's calling me like, is this Seth Jones? <laughs> sent me a picture. Oh um, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's <yeah>. he doing? <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to give you a give shout out, a couple shout outs, honorable mentions from the 2021 draft. Artem Grushnikov. He's he looks like he's going to be a stud Russian defenseman. Um, and then Connor Roulette um, has had a few highlight real goals and got Connor Roulette in the fourth round. So um, another great name. Yeah, oh, take him to Vegas with us. He can help exactly. us out. I'm just kidding. I lose all my money on the roulette table. Um, I'd rather uh, win all my money on the ice with him scoring Geno's for us. Going through the past five years of the draft, if we can get a guy like Peterson, Delandria, and maybe just one of the four guys we just mentioned, Maverick Bork, or a Johnston popping into the lineup and contributing. And those guys are all getting 25, 35, 40 points. Then this is a whole different team. We're not rebuilding. We're uh, just hoping Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan are getting 45, 55 points. And we're rolling. We got a deep team then. Yeah, that's really why I named the last podcast Stars in Repair Mode. And I know I didn't really consult you guys on that. But that's really what this is kind of feeling like is the Stars are not in a rebuild. We just went over why they can't do that. We're not going to turn into Chicago. Um, but we have enough young guys to be 
successful. I mean, we took Calgary to seven games. I mean, probably should have won the series just based on how close it was and our goaltending. But yeah, if, if one, of, one or two of these prospects works out in the lineup next year, that changes things. It changes your third and fourth lines. Um, unless they want to put one of these guys with Ben and Sagan for that right wing spot that's open. Um, but now there's rumors that we may trade for somebody there. That's a whole thing too, but our forward lines are very open at the moment. So if a prospect or two can fill in, that definitely leaves a lot of uh, open questions for next season, which is exciting. Well, I think that's why I'm just looking after Robertson and Rope have been doing so well and Gurion has the opportunity to start picking it up. I just want to see more and more of these young guys come out and play. I just think Dallas is a fun place to kind of play and start out your career. Why not do well here in a place that loves winning? A lot of bars, winning? a lot of chicks. You're not, you know, That's swamped distra- with fans. That's distracting. Well, I think, okay, so for guys like Grushnikov and Guryanov, let's just hope and pray they actually make it out of Russia to get here to play. Mm, yes. Because um, I think last word I saw on Twitter – was that Grushnikov and Guryanov are back in Russia. And if they haven't served their their mandatory one-year military service in the Red Army, they might have some issues getting back. Yeah, this is actually kind of a scary scenario going on over there. And my biggest fear is not only our Dallas Stars fans, but just them using that as like, I don't know, a way of thinking they're punishing us by holding their Russian athletes like, you know, you don't get Ovechkin no more. You know, see goal record get broken. We let him come to back to NHL when he's 80 years old and he tried then, okay? <laughs> He'd probably still score 30 goals this season as an 80 year old man because he's freaking. He's playing soccer over there now. Did you he see his soccer job. goal? The like, <laughs> hey, he, like, he had a rocket tried. on the soccer field I, the other day. I watched Putin's uh, uh, game where he played, and uh, they were definitely giving him the Putin treatment. But I think people mentioned comments oh, they were giving Ovi the Putin treatment. Nah, I think they were trying. That was a soccer goal, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was a great shot. Half and half. Half and half. I think they were probably all starstruck <laughs> that it was it was Ovi. Um, but they it, it did look semi-professional. I guess I didn't watch the entire game. Honestly, I just saw the 10 second highlight clip. It was badass. Good for Ovi. Well, Please Ovi did back. truck a guy too. I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah, he just half he size. threw that guy down like it was he was his bitch. It was it was awesome. Like that was <laughs> he just threw him down like get off me. I want to be Ovi when I grow up. Big and strong. Me I need to start drinking milk. Maybe well, that's a secret. One more or vodka. Thing. One more thing we should kind of round back up on, and it's just kind of headline news as far as the Dallas Stars organization's history and uh, previous coaches go. Coach Monty, former Dallas Stars head coach of two a uh, few seasons ago, just got signed to be the Boston Bruins head coach. Good for him. Not only good for him, it's a great redemption story. Don't ever give up. Uh, you can overcome adversity and low points in your life, and it, and those things don't define you. And man, great for him. And he's going to do well there. He, he he's coached over in the East Coast, and he's got a lot of good connections over there. And played up in the East Coast too. I think he played for uh, Maine. Played for Paul. Maine. I think he yeah. played with Paul Correa. I want to say. I believe that's with right. Paul Correa, yeah. But um, yeah. And they they might have won a championship if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a cool story. I mean. It sucks it didn't work out here, but uh, you know, not gonna no, I mean, hurt too much on it. Just think about the team he's he's getting though. This is a completely sort of different team than the Stars team he got, and a team that has been doing well as of late. They they fired Bruce Cassidy um, with an expectation that it's Stanley Cup or bust right now, and I guess that's what they think uh, Monty can do. And hey, he he. He didn't get to live out his full plan with the stars and kind of go with that. But I think we're on to wanting more offense. And to be honest, he was pretty boring as far as his style of coaching. He was a defensive style coach. Yeah, before bonus. And then 
great, great for Monty. That's the final message. We're just going to move on from that. We're, we're proud of him. Um, All I can and, say, Bunzi Wright, is according to your uh, breakdown there in the past five years, the couple years Monty was the head coach, the Stars didn't draft that great. But uh, after he was gone, we started drafting better. So okay. do with that what you will. But hey. uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. Well, maybe Monty had a I, – I don't, I don't really know. I don't – it's weird with a, kind of the GM coaching dynamic. Um, who gets called up? Who gets called down? How does the roster get made up? I wonder how much Jim Nill has his hands on everything. Um, but in the other news of our former coaches getting hired, this is even more of a WTF coming straight out of the retirement home. Coach Rick Bonus is headed to the Winnipeg Jets. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, that was a shocker. Um, what is going on? I, 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 good for him, though. I, we I all love Bonus, right? I thought he was getting too old for this, but he wants to go to negative 20 degree weather and go coach in Winnipeg. That's well, kind that of was for one him, his first though, coaching gigs. He's yeah. been there before. Uh, like 50 years ago, but uh, I'm sure the city looks the same, just as cold. And um, yeah, Barry Trotz, the other hometown boy, and a better option, didn't want to go back there. So uh, yeah, I I'll tell you, it's kind of crazy. Like Barry Trotz is from Winnipeg, had the chance to go home to his hometown, coach the hometown NHL team, and still said, "Nah, I think I'm going to take a year off of hockey, probably because it's too cold up there." I'm going to hey, wait for a better job offer. He got paid a pretty good amount of money, and it was probably pretty stressful being an Islanders coach. He didn't want to go to, like, another crazy fan base. He probably wants to chill out for a second. But um, Winnipeg also isn't, like, what I would call a, a dream job right now as far as that roster is concerned. But that's just I, I think reminds me of Gary Patterson, right, for you TCU fans. He retires or, I guess, gets, you know, the mutual parting of ways from TCU. And he's like, yeah, I'm. I think I'm done. I'm gonna take a break. I've, I've had a great career, and maybe a few weeks or a month after he says that, he's going down to rival uh, UT and is now an advisor for Texas football. It's like a WWE wrestler. I'm retiring, and then two years later, he pops out of nowhere and body slams somebody through a table. They're never gone until they're gone. Vince McMahon fought at WrestleMania this year. You just never know. Man's <laughs> seventy years old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he won too. <laughs> but of course he did. I, he was set up to win. I'll no, tell you yeah. this. Um, I've been to Winnipeg. When I, I lived in North Dakota as a little kid, we went and uh we drove up to Winnipeg to play a couple Canadian teams and I will tell you my my little uh I don't think we're mini my I'm gonna say we're squirts. Um as far as levels go when you're like seven, eight, your mini mites are mites. And then your 9, 10, your squirts, 11, 12, your peewees, or something like that. But we're, we're a little. And we went up to Canada, and that was a pretty far drive, maybe two, three hours, um, which isn't far when you think about it. We're going up to Canada. And Winnipeg's not a bad city. Uh, went and I don't think the Jets were there yet. It was just the Manitoba Moose. Uh, the Jets had left. This was prior to them being back, uh, being relocated back. Um, so it was sick. I think Winnipeg is a sick place to go back to, and that that arena was nice. So I can imagine it being a fun place to coach at, especially if you have some ties there. So congrats. Where did the first Winnipeg team move to? Was it Atlanta, I think? Yeah, Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta. Yeah. They became the Atlanta Thrashers. And then when that team blew up, that left the door open for them to go back to Winnipeg. Cause I think the copyrights and stuff got destroyed. If your team goes bankrupt, yeah. something like that. Did they, um, did the Atlanta thrashers like actually move? No, they were the Hartford Winnipeg? whalers. The Winnipeg Who? jets. No, the Harp- Hartford whalers went to uh, Carolina, became the hurricanes. Hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Ron Francis started with them as like a Hartford Whaler and then went down to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they relocated after and became the Phoenix Coyotes. And then That's they correct. added. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Oh, that's unfortunate. That's right. They moved to Phoenix. Also, crazy, um, crazy trivia question. There is, I think, only one city in the U.S. that have um, had two different NHL franchise come and go, like, like go, come and then leave, and that's Atlanta. So it's I, there might be one. I think it's only them though. Well, they think it's just such a big city for it, but I think Green Bay would be a great city um, for an, an NHL city. team. Why I don't not? know. It's just a, they don't have a huge population, and no, everybody in Green Bay cares about one thing. Okay, then you do in Milwaukee, but um, Milwaukee be cool. I actually, it like low key. I had to work in Milwaukee for like five, six months at one point. Like I lived up there for that long, and people are great. Freaking awesome city. Yeah, people in Wisconsin are Milwaukee. great. People in Wisconsin are great. Dude, get get up early in the morning on Sunday. Go for some bloodies. Why don't you go get some bloodies and get some cheese curds? You know, some State bloody. fair. State fair. Some yeah. cheese curds. Um, I just can't relate to this conversation. I've never been there. Yeah, Bubbles, you uncultured oh, swine. <laughs> you okay. can take a quick little hour and a half drive to Madison. Catch a Badgers game. Should we just yep. go, go through a couple famous stars draft picks uh, over history and kind of just uh, close this out? Yeah, let's Famous wrap this up. Stars draft picks. Nineteen ninety-five, number eleven, round one. Jerome McGinley. Jerome oh, that is a really good famous. He one. would go on to play fifteen hundred NHL games, registering thirteen hundred points. Wow, sounds like a franchise-changing type of player. I know it the was a Star- franchise-changing type of player because of who we traded him for. And Joe it changed that. another franchise. The exactly. Flames. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. which franchise won a won a cup after the trade? Okay, the question is: Would the Stars have won a cup um, without Joe Newendike? Probably not. But would they have won a cup maybe uh, within that uh, ninety nine to two thousand seven range uh, with Jerome McGinley? Maybe. It's possible. If you if we had Jerome McGinley and Mike Madonna on like the same line though, that would have been sick. Like just who did who, who did Newendike play with when he was on that cup team? I'm not familiar with the with lines the stars? back then. Yeah. Uh, uh he might have played with Madonna or Hole. Um or maybe Hole was like second line cuz he's kind of older. He wasn't super old, but he was older. Uh Okay, I got I got a couple other famous draft picks that I like. Yeah. This is kind of bizarre. We this is kind of another uh what represents the Dallas Stars between the years of 2005 to 2015 um and set the tone for a lot of the things we were missing. When we traded Matt Niskanen and James Neal, um we drafted them. Those are famous draft picks. Round one, we got Niskin in. Round two, we got James Neal. What a great in the draft. Same draft. It was a beast. Richard Clune also, Tom Wandell, Matt Walk. These guys all Pat, these guys all played in the uh, NHL for a few game, a good amount of games. Like Wandell did, Richard Clune got 139, but Matt James Neal and Niskin are getting close to a thousand games. Stanley Cup champions, both of them. So James Neal was sick when he was sick, but he also was sick because he played with Crosby and some other really good players during his career. Um, Apparently the stars did draft a Finnish man with the first name Tamu, but it was not Solani. Yeah. They also drafted Johan Franzen, but it's not Johan Franzen. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. No, it's blown. You guys, oh, also, you remember Nicholas Grossman? Yes, dude. He, yes, when he, he, I, I loved that guy. I actually loved watching him, and then uh, Stefan Robita back in the day. Those were like two of two of my fa- uh, favorite like demon that Stars had. Yeah, that 2011-2012 Stars decor was pretty nice. Like Sheldon Surrey, Nick Grossman, uh, Robida, Daly. Oh, hey. Trevor Daly was one of my favorites too. Our our Maybe best second round good. draft pick of all time. Um, are we gonna have to say it's Jamie Langenbrunner? Uh, Stanley Cup champion. I, I mean, second round gonna, draft pick. My, yeah. I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Robo and and uh, Rupe a few more years to take that, but possibly. 
I mean, Robo's looking pretty sexy right now to me. Um, what up, James? Speaking of sexy, how about how about the sexy name of UC Jokinen? Is that not the most buttery name? He was so sick. He was him so in sick. the shootouts. His little his little shootout goal was was nasty. Also, uh-huh. famous traffic, Steve Ott. He um, he led the OHL in scoring, um, I believe. Uh, and I think he outscored a guy by the name of Jason Spezza. Guys, this is a great lesson for you right here. This is the perfect example. Just play the guy, and at the very worst, he'll become a player like Steve Ott in the NHL. <laughs> exactly. Right? Oh, think about all those people that drafted bit. Steve Ott, and they're like, you know, this guy's going to be the future. He was so sick, so sick in junior. And then he's just a fighter. And getting like twenty points a season, and it's like we love chirping. him. Yeah, he's the best. Gets like fifteen, twenty goals a year. Chirps people, gets under their skin, pisses everybody off. <laughs> who who was the best Dallas Stars uh, fifth round draft pick besides uh, Jamie Ben? <laughs> Jamie uh, John uh, Ben. I can't believe we got Jamie Ben. Oh yeah, Klingberg was a fifth round pick. Hey, you guys uh, also looks like Mike Smith. Mike Smith. We drafted him. Bunzi, I can beat you on that one though. Marty Turco, round five of nineteen ninety four draft. So Marty Turco, uh, Jamie Ben, come on. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I might Turco give it. I didn't want to give it to Turco just because, like, the few times I met Turco, he's been just the most fucking standout, solid dude ever. He's uh, a friend of the sure. show. Yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, he's an well, absolute beauty. We've had some really good fifth round draft picks. Like I'm not gonna lie, some really really good ones. Um, hey, did you guys know we drafted Nick Paul? Did we? Yep. We drafted yeah, he was him in, in the, the fourth uh, round. AHL for the Stars a couple of years, and he left for Tampa, and Tampa found a way to use him. No so he way. Was now a good player for them. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I'd probably say best draft pick of all time. Like, not trying to be cliche here but let's just give it to madonna right i mean that's a north stars pick didn't really count this is yeah, the same, the same. it's no. the same uh, it's it doesn't count it counts man it's okay. the same franchise was, and he was he a got gm up. was the gm um when the north stars did he continue being the gm for the dallas stars when they switched i don't know well, probably not that I matters it matters who knows that? Because think about it. That GM, when he retired, he's like, oh, I was the North Stars GM, not the Dallas Stars GM. Who's the, who's the GM with the – so what was his name? Uh, Bob Ganey? Yes. Was it Ganey? I think Ganey was in the mid-'90s. I want to say Ganey was a coach and then became a GM. But I could be way off. Well, you you got to love Marty Turco, but to be honest, sadly – Sadly enough, Jerome Ginlow was the best draft pick the Dallas Stars ever drafted. And it's because we won the cup. And yeah. he, and to be honest, total point-wise, is the best player the Dallas Stars ever drafted. So let's, let's <laughs> take, I mean, we just need to take a moment and like thank Jerome Ginlow for bringing a Stanley Cup to Dallas? Is that what you're saying? It was probably the most mutually beneficial trade that's ever happened in the NHL. Jerome McGinley, if you're out there, thank you for... Calgary Flames, thank us Cup. too. Hey, they, it was a great trade. Like, we won a cup because of it, and they got a franchise. They did not, and that's cool. They so. got a... Whatever, they got a franchise guy out of it who brought them tons of happiness for a long time. And then Jamie Ben beat the shit out of Jerome McGinley in that one time they fought. So some other guys we've drafted. Good times. Riley Smith has been absolutely nasty in the NHL. We don't have him anymore. I don't get how he became good. Hold like, on. He was not good for us. He, he was, was not the good for Boston. Trade. I know. He wasn't good for Boston. He wasn't good for us. And then goes to Vegas and somehow becomes like a – I just don't get it. That made zero sense to me. Well, we drafted in the 2009 entry draft. Um, Talk about a late bloomer. Scott Glennie, uh, eighth overall in the first Who? round. Played one game in the NHL. He was a party boy. He never uh, panned out. No, okay. no, I think he was a hermit. He didn't do anything. 
Okay, I'm just going to tell you all the first-round draft picks we have that didn't play a single game in the NHL. <laughs> Nico Sacchetti, he's a center. Second round, never played. Um, you said uh, you're naming first-rounders, dummy. Well, shit, I read his name thinking he was going to be a first-rounder, but it wasn't. We didn't his have name a first did round. scream first-rounder for sure. You My know, phone's running out of battery, so you better make this quick, boy. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about your phone having battery. Okay. Okay. Oh, Jack Campbell, first round pick. I, he did play in the NHL, obviously, but Jack Campbell, first round. Well, pick. okay. Besides that, the the stars aren't the worst at drafting, and uh, the draft can be the difference between you winning the cup and not. So let's just uh, pay attention uh, tomorrow night, July seventh, when you guys are going to be listening to this. It will be the morning before the draft. Hopefully, if you're listening it to the day after the draft, still know that we have. The second round of the draft on Friday, so oh, second who are we through seven draft tomorrow. Like, who are we supposed to draft? No, we're supposed to draft 18th overall. There was no, I know, but a handful of people. Idea. That was Bubble's job to research. We're not even going to discuss who we could potentially draft. Hey, everybody. Well, I mean, everybody. We could boys, it's just eat, like all the mock drafts are different. Like, there's no like cut in stone. This is what the order is going to be. Like the NFL draft usually is pretty. I don't know, a little easier to guess, but man, everybody's saying this is one of the tightest drafts in years just because there's so many players at different values. Um, it's just hard to guess because every player is so different. The sport has so many different ways you can build a team. Let's um, just trade up to one and get, get uh, what is it, Shane, right? Okay. The Stars are going to draft a defenseman. I could see that happening. Lane Hudson. Defenseman, USA National Development Team, 63 points in 60 games. Okay. He was the second most ever by the NTD, uh, D, NTDP. That's National Team Development Program, for all of you who didn't know, because I can't even say the abbreviation, never could. <laughs> That's the second most behind Cam York. So uh, the kid's sick, um, but there's a lot of fears about his Don't size. you mean Adam Fox, Bunzi? No, this yeah. one, Cam York this time, asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it would be Cam York, Adam Fox. They, they both played for them, so they're both sick. Hopefully Cam York's good for the fires. Uh, you never know. That organization's struggling. Um, yeah. So what we're going to do, right, is we're going to have the draft happen because there's scouts that literally have spent years watching some of these players grow up into these beautiful prospects that they are. And then they're going to get to pick a couple. And so once that happens, we'll have some names to dive into some histories and that will be on next week's show with some potential special guests to help us break it down. So looking forward to doing that with you guys. Well, the draft's going to happen tomorrow. So what's most likely we, we, we pick a forward or defenseman, just pick that and we'll close it out. I think we're picking a I'll, defenseman in the first I'll go, round. I'll go forward. Um, I'll go forward. Owen Pickering, six four defenseman. Um, he looks sick. Uh, Leon Bichelle. I don't know. Let's go with the sickest last name on here. Um, yeah, give me a good name. That's Owen, all I want. Owen Beck. Nah. Uh, <laughs> boo. Connor Geeky. Oh, I did okay. hear Connor Geeky might follow us. I think he has an older brother, yeah, family yes. member in the NHL. Somebody. I want to say it, there is somebody in the NHL with the last name Geeky. I know for a fact. Some Jimmy Snuggerud. Geeky, I think. Oh, I like this last name, Jimmy Snuggerud. How about Jonathan Lekaramaki? Lekaramaki. What you call me? What? Jonathan Lakaramaki. That's a great last name. I can't wait to hear uh, Bucigras try and say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yuraj Slavkovsky. Oh, that's a great name. We need some. Oh, guys. look at this one. Look at this. Cutter Gauthier. What about Ivan Miroshinkaniko? Nope, he's got he's got to serve in the army. Man, yeah, just, hey, you gotta watch out for the Russians. They're probably gonna fall. Oh, heavily. they're gonna go off the draft board for sure. No that liabilities. means Ukraine might have a few hot prospects. McGrorty. 
Well, uh, Ukraine's probably making wait. everybody with with a pulse join the, the army right Okay, now. this so. is the best last name on the list. We need to draft him. He's pretty late in the draft uh, predictions, but this is by far the best last name I've ever seen. He has 76 points and uh, 68 games. He's a high-end center and all, can be used in all situations. His last name is Del Bell Baluz. Del Bell Baluz. Del Bell Baluz. I don't know what his first name is, damn it. Del Bell. Del Bell. Luca Del Bell Baluz. Luca. Luca Del Cuban. Bring us another Luca to Dallas. Luca Del Bell Baluz. The like, second coming of Luca. <laughs> B-E-L-L-U-Z. Blues? How would you I, pronounce that? You're probably pronouncing it right. I mean Del Bell Blues. <laughs> that's as good as any pronunciation I can. Del call. Bell kick your ass. He yeah. will. That's a sick name. Well, guys, um, I think we've hammered out the draft here. Hopefully everybody learns something from this and the uh Pretty good history of drafting, like we, we were all talking about. Just the stars are not too bad. Uh, but a couple other news and notes before we wrap up. So training camp did get announced. It's going to be mid-September, the weekend of September 24th. Back down in Austin again for the first time in a couple years. So uh, potential that we do some shows down there. Maybe get some fans involved. That'd be kind of cool. Um, then we got a preseason schedule, six games. We're going back to Tulsa for a game, which is always cool. And then uh, opening, I guess, day is at Nashville in early October. And then our first home game is actually against Nashville later that week. So a lot of news and notes. May see a few trades tomorrow at the drafts. Our lineup may look completely different than what it does right now. You never know. Uh, Brando, you were pointing out some Philip Forsberg rumors earlier today. Uh, What's the update on that real quick? Probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just saw it. I saw it. I read an article saying that we might be interested in the guy. And then I read another article saying that Nashville is, is pretty darn close to extending him. Oh. He wants eight years anyways, at probably like nine, 10 million a year, which I don't see Sheesh. there being universe that the stars can even compete with that. I mean, the stars can't no other team besides Nashville can offer him eight years anyway. So I doubt it's going to happen. Wow. Okay. But it Buzzy. does go to show. We it, it looks like the stars are are in the market for a game changing offensive forward. If they can make it happen in their type salary cap situation, more power to them. We got Redgewood signed, so our backup goalies confirmed for the next couple of years. But besides, uh, behind Otter, and um, yeah, really just looking for some kids to shake up this lineup since free agent wise, they really don't have a lot of room to do much unless they figure out a crazy trade. Right. So we'll see. Yep. Development camp's going to be a grind. Some guys got to make the roster this year. Yeah, we need these young guys. I think we should go down and watch it um, just to check out Wyatt Johnson, Logan Stankovan, um, Grushnikov play, uh, Maverick Bork. I mean, all the kids are going to be there in in dev camp. So all the cool kids. Oh, yeah. All the other kids went to burn. Yeah. Uh, that that's a pretty dark song. Well, you, we don't have to focus on the darkness of it. We can just focus on it being catchy. Yeah, I like Starboy. I'm a motherfucking Starboy. That was that's, a new theme song. That's that what I think of the the prospects <laughs> should come out to. They're like, I'm a motherfucking Starboy. I I and I think that you should sing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should go to a um, karaoke night, um, and then you should sing that song. Ooh, I like to send that. Send it to the team. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, they they just don't recognize that. Instead of Island Boys, they're motherfucking Star Boy. Oh God, let's not bring up <laughs> Island Boys. <laughs> no shoutouts for them ever. No free outs. No free ads. I don't know why I said outs. Well, oh, I yes. know why. Because we're getting out of here. Thanks, boys. What a night. 
rounding up some draft coverage. Um, again, hopefully everybody learned something from this. This has been Bubbles, your host, along with Bunzi and Brando, taking you deep into the night on a beautiful Wednesday here in Dallas. As always, continue to follow us on Dallas Hockey Fans on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, you find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. For now and forever, go Stars. We'll talk to you next time. This is your host, Bubbles, founder of Dallas Hockey Fans, reminding you to like and subscribe this new podcast, both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.